As business owners and entrepreneurs, the balance of work and life can be a delicate song and dance. Is balance even possible? How do you set boundaries that allow for better work-life balance? What is balance anyway? All of these questions we wrestle with in our journey to growing and maintaining thriving photography businesses. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-host and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. Today, I'm thrilled to have on the podcast, Alexandra Smith, owner of Love Daphne May, a photography business and educational source for mother and photography business owners. Alex's talent is inspiring and her approach to life and work is incredibly refreshing. She has such a unique method to working with intentionality so that she can prioritize life and family. Today, she is sharing with us tips and advice for achieving a work-life balance that's both fulfilling and fruitful. Now I present to you episode number 26 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Hello, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me and asking me to be on. I'm so honored and thankful. I'm super excited because I'm a big fan. I almost want to say, welcome Daphne May. How often do you get called Daphne May? (laughs) Very often, but I always say like, For one, it totally makes sense. And, you know, because that's my handle, but also I love the name because I named my daughter that. So it's totally fine. And it makes sense. I realized many years ago that Alexandria Smith was already taken. She's like an artist. And so she has alexandriasmith.com and Alexandria Smith on Instagram. And I mean, she's wonderful. And I think that's great. But I had to kind of go a different route. And Alex Smith, I think, is a football player. So that didn't really, you know, fit the bill. (laughs) Well, I want to tell our listener, if there is anyone that is not familiar with you or your Instagram feed, that they definitely first thing need to go check that out because it's so beautiful. And you you just make life look so beautiful. (laughs) And so I'm going to just start with this question. (laughs) Does life look like that for you every day? (laughs) You know, definitely not. I mean, of course, there's always hard things and hard doesn't equal bad, though. So I think that it's not always able to achieve this sort of perspective, but it is one that I strive for that just because it's hard, it doesn't mean that it's bad and that there is always some sort of beauty to be found from those hard parts. So I really think that romanticizing our own life is something that is a really beautiful practice. And because it's just a practice and seeing, you know, the beautiful blessings that we, we do have before us. And I'm a big believer in we will find what we're looking for. So on the days where I'm feeling a little bit more grumbly, I will find things to be grumbly about. But if I can kind of get myself in a place of, okay, let's, you know, let's look for the gratitude and those, those abundant blessings, then I will find those. So I think it's just more about what am I seeking in my day-to-day life? And, you know, how can I use those hard parts for, you know, this, this bigger picture and this greater beauty. And that's, it's kind of like, I have an online course called the sacred maybe. And that is kind of that idea that so much of our life is 
our, our maybes. They're that anticipation of something else. And that's really where so much of that energy lives. And sometimes that's a really hard place to be when you're waiting on something or you're unsure of something. Those are hard parts, but there's also so much beauty to be found in that space. So no, it doesn't always look like that. But, <laughs> um, as And I try very hard to, to just seek that though. So so yeah, I mean, we live on a farm. So in the physical sense, there's a lot of cow pies, you know, <laughs> not, not the most beautiful. Uh, but, you know, in a metaphorical sense, there's like these wild violets that grow through the cow pies in our pasture. And I'm like, see, it's beautiful. So many of these talks and so, so much of the education, I think, around, I guess, entrepreneurship and photography is all about you know, making more, doing more. And so many of us start businesses so that we have more time and freedom. And I think that gets lost in there a little about me. So I have a, so hard for me to say, but I have a six month old granddaughter, a 27 year old daughter, an 18 year old son that graduates in a month or so that just breaking my heart. And a 10-year-old, well, my youngest is 10, and we are also homeschoolers, accidental homeschoolers. So you and I have that in common, and we'll talk a little about that. But the older I get and the older my children get, there is, I don't know if I would say regret, but because I've always been aware, like, I think this the reason that I am, that I, that I was drawn to photography is just capturing those memories that I know are so fleeting, you know, right. I, I, I've always had like that ache in my heart. Yeah. That I know that this is just a blink and it's gone. And I'm going to be real honest. Like I followed you for so long, but I'm such a visual person that I hardly ever read. Yeah. And getting ready for this podcast. I started reading your post and your writing <laughs> and Alex is so beautiful. I just want to today, instead of like teaching people how to speed up and make more and do more and grow their businesses, like I'm so excited to talk to you about how to slow down. And before we jump into that, I want to read something and I make it cheery because I will cry very easily, but I want to read something that I read that really spoke to me that you posted. Okay. And it says, are you busy living a life based on someone else's version of success? Do tiny arms around your neck feel more like a burden than priceless jewelry? Little voices, interruptions instead of sweet melodies. They're only little ones. And if we're not careful to remember, distracted by all the things we're told are so important, we'll miss out on that which truly matters and we will easily forget. The most precious years that feel ghostly in their passing, if not lived in presence, become forgotten yesterdays filled with things we will realize never really mattered. Gosh, I mean, like, I would, I, I think I read that at like 5 a.m. this morning and like my eyes just filled with tears because, you know, I've spent 20 years like hustling and we preach hustle, hustle, hustle so much, you know, just generally like the world speaks that to us. And yes, we can build like successful businesses, but because I'm older and now I have a little history that I can look back on, you know, you do start to see that there's always time to hustle, you know, but the things that truly matter, they're, 
they're gone so fast. So, oh, <laughs> I, I teared up with you reading that. Ah, oh. so true. So, talk to me about your philosophy, just what you teach and what you believe, and how. You, let's just let's just dive into that a little bit and and share that with people that might not know. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really think it is countercultural, like you said, to kind of step off of that path that so many are kind of pushed on to hurry and be busy and to glorify things that, you know, when we look back on our life 10 years from now, or 20 years from now, all of these decisions that we're making, even if they're small decisions to take on that extra shoot or to, you know, do a little bit more work here and here and here, all of those things are there are life and there are children's childhood that we're going to look back on that they're going to look back on and how, you know, they felt growing up. And so I just, everything that I do, every decision that I make, I ask myself, what is, how is this playing into my, my bigger picture of looking back 20 years from now and not feeling like I gave up any of these precious years with my children or these precious, precious days or precious moments even. And how can I just be thankful for my blessings, glorify God and what I'm doing and just live really intentionally, um, both as a mother and within my business. Um, and that's hard. It really is. I don't want to act like that's just a really easy thing to do because we are constantly kind of pulled in so many different directions. Our hearts and our minds are so many things are fighting for the attention of our hearts and our minds. And we have to be really, really intentional about where we're, we're putting that attention. And so for me, it was just, how am I serving my family and being with my children? Because I, I want to make sure that what I'm doing right now and, and tomorrow and the next day is all contributing to that legacy that I want to look back on 20, 30, 40 years from now and see. And so I find that when I'm constantly coming back to that purpose and that why and that bigger picture, it really puts things into perspective for me and allows me to shed any sort of comparison that might pop up for, well, we're supposed to do it this way. We're supposed to be, you know, buying that new car and buying that bigger house and, you know, doing these things. And meanwhile, I'm just selling my new car and buying my old, you know, my old 08 Yukon and, you know, all the things that I'm just like, but that means no car payment. So that means I am not having to work as much because I don't have that bill, you know, and that sort of thing. So I think it's just once we get into that mindset and that perspective, those decisions do come more naturally, I think. And that kind of comparison of what we're supposed to do falls away more easily. Have you heard the, um, I hope I don't mess this up, but the parable about the fishermen? Um, yes. About teaching to fish. Is that what you're? No, I think, I think um, it's about the, um, the American that is on vacation and he wanders up upon the this little guy fishing and oh. the American says, I mean, the, the guy's just, you know, sitting, fishing, catching all the fish. And he said, you know, you're such a great fisherman. You could make this a business. 
Mm. And he says, um, oh yeah, what, how would I do that? And he was like, well, you know, you'll, you'll be busy every day catching all the fish that you can catch. And then you'll have to hire people. You'll grow so big that you'll have to hire people to help you catch the fish. And then you'll start a company that will help you sell the fish. And then one day um, you'll be able to sell the company and retire and um, do whatever you want to do. What do you want to do? And he said, I want to sit and fish, <laughs> you know, and so I, I probably messed that completely up, but it's just the whole idea that, you know, like another thing I read once is like, I think we can all have the goal of like, I want to make this much money one day. Yes. And I heard someone say, well, okay, let's imagine that you, you had a million dollars. What would you want to do with your days if you had, you know, big sum of money. And that's really the question is like, what do you want to do with your time? And for the most part, I think when you reach a certain, a certain level of comfort, most of us can do the things that we really want to do with our time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, truly what I want to do with my time is just be with my husband and kids and homeschool and, you know, hang out with the animals. (laughs) you know, and serve, serve other women in, in a capacity that I'm able to give that to them. And, and so it's kind of like, oh, well, then do I need that million dollars after all? Or can I just continue to do those things? So I think you're so right, like really focusing on what is valuable, what is our, how, how are we measuring success, really, and, and keeping that at the forefront of our minds in all that we are doing. Okay. I have two questions. One, was there a turning point with you? Like, did you come to a point where you had this, I've got to do something and you changed the way you were living your life or have you just kind of always done things this way? No, there was definitely a turning point. So we were, we were living in, this was when probably about eight, years ago. Yeah. Eight or nine years ago, we were living in a big new home in town in a gated community, had a new SUV, you know, all of these things. I had two little children and I was growing in my business locally and taking on just, you know, all the shoots that were coming to me. Yes, yes, yes. Taking on so much. I remember the fall hit and I was so busy. I was shooting almost every day of the week for those, you know, fall months. And it was so very overwhelming. I was not pouring into the things that I knew I needed to pour into at home. I wasn't, you know, cooking dinner every night that I love to do. I wasn't caring for my home, which I love to do. And I was just, I was overwhelmed. And you can feel that overwhelm when you know that you're mind is completely on other things. So when your, um, you know, sweet babies come to speak to us and it's like, I'm snapping back at them. That's when I realize that's overwhelm and that's too much. And something has to change because they don't deserve that at all. They deserve to be spoken to the way I wish to be spoken to and treated the way I wish to be treated. And so that was the point where I was like, this is not serving anyone in this situation any longer. Um, and so I drastically pared down everything that I was doing. We actually moved out of that house 
um, to a little double wide mobile home out in the country. And it was like, you know, it was a big, it was a big move in so many different ways of going from this you know, fancy gated community home to a double wide mobile home that was probably 30 years old out in the country. Um, And we stayed there for seven years and they were the sweetest years. And we welcomed two more babies after that. The last one was born at home in the double wide. Um, But it just, there was so much growth and so much just beauty that came from that. So much teaching and learning that I was able to be a recipient of that I was just so, I'm so grateful, so, so grateful for that opportunity. And I just drastically slowed down what I was taking to maybe like three shoots a month at most, maybe just two. And that, that's just what felt like what I was able to give those clients my all, but like fully be at home, which was what I was really felt called to do. So so yes, definitely a turning point um, that I'm just really grateful for that, for that first part. And then the, what was a result of all of that as well. Was your husband on board? Did you come to him and say, Hey, we're going to sell the house in the car and. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's so great. I'm so thankful that we've been able to be on the same page with so many things because then last year, well, probably two years ago, we both kind of felt this call to move out of California, which is where we had lived our entire lives, where our both of our businesses, he was a farmer. So both of our businesses were there, our community was there, our family was there, everything, but we just couldn't shake this undeniable call that we were supposed to move somewhere else. So we spent about six weeks in an RV that we renovated and we traveled all the way across the country and back and just looked at different places and different things. We ultimately decided to buy a property in upstate South Carolina, which we had actually never been to. We actually never made it up that far, but we we bought a property up here sight unseen and moved a, a year ago, just a little over a year ago. Last month, it was a year. And that was incredibly hard, but also we just have had confirmation after confirmation that it was the right decision. So those those big leaps are so very scary, but also, you know, you just trust the Lord and you just jump and you know that it's all going to be even better than you could even imagine. And so it has been, it's been incredible of just all the things that we've learned and and the ways that we've grown. And yeah, it's been really, really wonderful. Well, you're living my, my dream life for sure. I grew up with animals and horses in the country and now, I mean, the town I live in is not a, like a big city by any means, but it's not like living on a farm. And mm-hmm. my daughter, she like rides and, but she also doesn't have land. And so we, we have this grand scheme that we're going to buy land together eventually. And I'm going to home mm-hmm. homeschool the, her children and we're going to have oh. a barn and we call it a commune. <laughs> oh, yeah. All my children can build homes on the land and no one ever leaves me. That's my plan. <laughs> Totally my goal too. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Oh, we like ringing the school bell. It's time to come over to, to grandma's house. For right. <laughs> hey, I'm a young grandma. So my name is Honey. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you would probably not uh, look like that's such a sweet name for grandma. I well, love tell it. me this. 
when you say that you pared down and you cut sessions to three a month and now you've moved cross country and is your income something that is needed in your family? Because like in our membership, like we have, we have those that love photography and do it because they love it. And then we have other people that know this helps support my family and I I have to make a certain amount to help support my family. So when you paired back, like, was that something that was scary? Like, did your family need that income? Yeah, we do actually. The income that I'm able to make from photography is a huge blessing for our family. But I think we've also, we pared down in our lives. So we don't, we both drive old cars. We don't have car payments and they're both old. Like they're old, (laughs) you know, it's nothing fancy. But they get us from point A to point B. And we just don't have very many expenses in our our day-to-day. Like we're just, we try to be really aware of what we're spending and where. And that way, if you have less expenses, you don't have to make as much. So that's that's pretty much where that happened. And when we moved from our fancy house to our double wide, obviously our expenses went down quite a bit as well. And so that was that was totally um, acceptable for how we wanted to live. But that was just something that money wasn't the goal for us. It was time and it was being together and it was just building our family culture of togetherness and, you know, wrapping the children in love and safety and security and all of those things that we know will serve them well in the future. Right. From a business perspective, did you, we talk a lot about, you know, just charging what you need to charge to be sustainable. Did you have to adjust pricing? Is there anything there, any tips there, like, or anything that you might've done or you cut back at the same for me and really helpful was diversifying what I was offering. So for sessions, if I was only booking a few per month, obviously that price did increase, not anything like crazy. It didn't double or anything, but it did increase. But then I also began offering other things. So I, you know, probably six years ago, I offered some, you know, mobile presets and an ebook and you know, digital products. And then I had for a couple of years, I don't have it anymore, but for a couple of years, I had a monthly membership that was all, it was called Nurture and it was meal plans and how to, you know, get your children in the kitchen to help you. And just a few other little tidbits. I think there was like a journal prompt and some things for mothers. And so that was a blessing of kind of this extra diversification and then educational offerings with my workshops and coaching and that sort of thing. It was a little bit of all of those things and diversifying things that was really, really such a blessing for our family. So let's talk about just work-life balance as -hmm. far as day-to-day. Like, How do you structure your days, your weeks? Are you shooting? every week like what what does that look like for you no i am typically not shooting every week so i i feel as though my client base for sessions is more travel um based so when we travel as a family 
I will take on a few sessions um, where we happen to be traveling to, or people will travel to me oftentimes. And so it might be just a couple of shoots a month at this point, which I feel very comfortable with. And that feels very good. And then I'm planning other things. So we just wrapped last weekend was our in-person retreat for a six-month mentorship program that I do once a year called The Mother's Way. And so that was, you know, for the month leading up to that, that was kind of where my efforts were being poured into was just preparing everything that went along with that retreat. And then I'll have an in-person workshop in May. So in a few weeks, I'll kind of start prepping for that. I find that my workflow is best served in waves. And so I might just kind of be focusing on other things. Like I feel like January and February, we're really focused on our farm and so many things that we're working on here with our garden and a greenhouse and new fencing. And so all of those things we were working on here Whereas then maybe a couple of months in the spring are a little bit more work focused and then it'll ebb and it'll flow. So instead of just the flow being full force month after month, I like to for it to be in waves so that I do have maybe a couple of months where I'm focusing more on work and then a couple of months where I'm just focusing more on home and, and resting and kind of gearing up. I really feel like rest is such a Sometimes when we rest or if we're doing nothing, we feel unproductive because I think that's what we're kind of told. But I think in reality, those are our most productive times because that's when we are really allowing ourselves to kind of dream and to think about things on just a a bigger, deeper level without distraction. So I'm not working every day by any means. I don't have things to do every day. Maybe some emails, which I tend to do after the children go to bed. I'll pop in and do some emails. If my little two happen to nap at the same time during the day, then you know maybe I'll hop on for 20 minutes and do a few more things. I have a sitter that comes on Wednesday for three hours. And that's kind of when I try to just be like very, very productive and get whatever I can done um, within that time frame that once a week. So I read that you said work-life balance just means the scale is always tipped. We have yeah. to decide where. Yeah, I I think that it's it's the awareness, right? That it's going to be tipped one way or another. And so which way are you intentionally allowing it to tip? I think it's when we're feeling overwhelmed and kind of like, you know, like standing on a teeter-totter and it's tipping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we don't really have a handle on it. Um, that's when the balance is kind of thrown out of whack. But when we, we realize, you know, I, right now, this is my time, my season to really kind of pour into my family with little ones and everything. And so that, that scale is going to be tipped to my home life more than anything right now. Um, and I'm, totally okay with that. So it's like juggling. If you're juggling all these balls, you have to decide which ones are glass and cannot be dropped and which ones are plastic and can be dropped. So when you're really clear on what those are, what are glass and which ones are plastic, then life feels a little bit more like peaceful. 
I think sometimes we're just so busy going through life. We don't stop to analyze those things like what can be done later and what can't be done later and what's important right now. Right. And what is that bigger picture? You know, what is my purpose? Am I living that out right now? Because now is now. There's no, just like the fishermen, like now is now. Live in the way that feels peaceful and purpose-led and joy-filled right now. Don't wait to do that. We can find that right where we're at. I mean, we lived in a little old double-wide mobile home with more quirks than I could even explain right now. (laughs) And I thought for sure, this is just a stopping off point. Basically, my life will just kind of be, you know, whatever for two years, and then we're going to build a great big house. And then we just kind of found the sweetness in those days over and over and over again to where it was seven years. And I cried and cried and cried when we left because it was just really sweet. It was really hard to leave behind. Now I'm, I know it was the right thing, but it was hard. Well, let me tell you, Alex, I followed you for years and it was only when you moved that I even realized that you were living in a trailer. Like you make <laughs> life so beautiful oh, that, that, you know, that you didn't, not that a trailer is not beautiful, but right. um, you made everything so beautiful that you just didn't even realize it. No. And, and I think you teach this too, but, and we'll kind of want to talk about that, but I think your talent is that the art that you create is not just your work for others, but I think you look at your life as your creative expression and it's so, it's just so beautiful. And tell me how that carries over to your work, to your photography. Yeah. I mean, I am all about if we aren't living our own motherhood really intentionally and presently and soaking up all of those little nuances that are really making up our whole life in this season, then it makes it more difficult to kind of see that for others which is what we're doing as motherhood photographers. So I really find that, you know, my own motherhood and my own life is my greatest inspiration. So instead of seeking elsewhere for inspiration, I just want to pay attention to my own life every day. I want to pay attention to the way that I pick up my toddler and the way he wraps his arms around my neck and the way that my, you know, my older kids come to me and lean on my shoulder and, you know, all of those little subtleties that sometimes we can overlook if we are too busy and our minds are filled with other things, we are distracted from that, then we can just kind of forget how wonderful and how much inspiration is right at our fingertips here at home. So it's just such a beautiful gift to know that we can, we can fully just live presently. And also that's going to serve our clients as motherhood photographers. It's going to serve us even better than if we were seeking inspiration elsewhere and not paying attention there. So, so yeah, I think that's just part of that kind of, to me, romanticizing your life is just paying attention and and then for us as well in the future, when we know we've, we've really paid attention and, and everything that we've done with our children is so intentional, there's a real comfort in that as they get older and they grow and they change completely into 
different people and they're, you know, we're kind of left grieving the, the babies and toddlers and the young children that they were, but there's that comfort in knowing that we remember because we paid such close attention and we're so aware of, of all of those things happening around us. There's a lot of talk, I think, in the photography world about, especially if you're just starting out, about finding your ideal client or building your brand or, you know, like looking at others and comparing yourself. And my my business should look like her business because she's doing really well. And my advice has always been that, you know, the best businesses or the best brands are genuine and authentic to who you are. So whatever you love, whatever you appreciate, um, whoever like you are personally, if you can find ways to translate that to your clients, you, you can't help but be successful because it's one, you know, you've, you find the people that love and appreciate what you do, not what someone else does, but it just comes across as just such a genuine thing. And I think you do that so well. And something that comes to mind is a client that I had once and they came in, you know, with their child for a portrait and in the new outfit that they had bought for the session. And, but the kid was hanging on to his ratty blanket, like his favorite Mm -hmm. lovey. And she was like, Oh no, 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 put that down here. Like, you know, we don't want that in the pictures. And I looked at her and I said, we can definitely do some without it, but let's do some with it because I can promise you you in 10 years, that little ratty blanket is going to mean so much to you. Um, So I've just always loved like, and I think it's because I'm just sentimental to a flaw, (laughs) you know, that I think that has always been an asset for me in my business is that as, and then when I shot weddings as well, like mm-hmm. I see those moments that I know are going to be a memory one day and I try to capture that. I love that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you're so right that that honesty is, it's appealing, right? We, because we feel that we can connect more with people who are honest in their own lives, authentic. They are truthful and there's a, there's a resonating that comes with that. And I think that's where, like you were saying, just being who you are, being where you're supposed to be. I think if we are rooted in our purpose, then we won't be distracted by comparison. And I think that that can be what drives us and draws us to connect with those who we are meant to connect with in a really beautiful and authentic way. So what advice do you have for new photographers? Like if you could go back to the beginning and give yourself some advice, what would you say? I think I would just say, first of all, how, how are you measuring success? Like, what does that look like for you? Not for anybody else, but for you. And, you know, we can, we can smile at others and wave and encourage them and be supportive and love what they're doing while also just staying in our lane and feeling good about the lane that we're in. You know, I think that we can be encouraging and love what other photographers are doing and just be like, you are doing so awesome, but we don't have to compare because when we are, like I I said earlier, sorry to repeat this, but like, honestly, when we're rooted in our purpose, then that comparison doesn't come into play. So 
I think just seeking out what is my bigger picture. That's really a thing that I would have, I would have, you know, asked myself earlier, early on is what is this bigger picture of not just right now, but 20, 30 years from now, looking back, what do I want to make sure that I did, you know, in those days? And how, how do I want to make sure that I live those days and that my children live those days in a way that I'm going to feel so thankful that I've made certain decisions um, when I did. So, you know, I'm not a big fan of supposed tos or <laughs> shoulds or anything like that, but more just along the lines of, you know, what am I meant to be doing right now? trusting in the Lord and not being afraid to take those leaps that are really scary. Like if, if you're feeling overwhelmed and and paring down or offering something new that, you know, will add to that diversification, be a blessing and things like that, you know, because fear is a liar and it's just holding you back, but it's nothing that we need to hold on to because even if things don't work out the way we think they should have, they will work out the way they are supposed to. And we will learn something from that to then move forward and be even braver the next time. So I think just all of those things and, you know, just really focusing on paying attention in your own life and soaking in all of those just sweet golden moments that happen constantly because children are so good and they're so sweet and they're so wonderful and soaking those in, not just for our own motherhood and their own childhood, but then also so that we can see and connect more clearly with those who we get the gift of photographing. Give me your best tip for photographing a mother or a family. I mean, I think that just honestly, and this is kind of a, is a big answer, but I think that when we are, when we can more clearly see ourselves, we can more clearly see others. And, you know, it's those emotional images that really mean something both not only to us and to our clients, but it's that, it's that kind of universal emotion that all mothers can feel. And so I think that through things in my own life that I know were kind of roadblocks to seeing others more clearly, I think once I was able to kind of move past those then it just really, my, my wall is down. It allows their wall to be down. I can see them more clearly. I can um, be with them more genuinely. And I think that all of those things, that comfort, that sincerity can really come across in, in the images that we create. So then we are, you know, instead of just posing, we are maybe offering prompts that will encourage organic interactions that we know are a part of that mother's day. Um, And so that when she, you know, sees that image of that little toddler with their arms around her neck, she will feel that deeply because she knows that that is a part of her every day. And she loves, you know, that the way that he fits in her arms right now won't last forever. And so having that frozen in time is for me, it's just really important. So do you have a favorite business book? Um, <laughs> or not really. If you don't, take it out. <laughs> I've read a business book. I'm sorry. I don't, 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever read a business book. I, oh, well, yeah. well, that's good to know, too. <laughs> honestly, I am probably the least, like, technical, least business-minded person. Um, I really am just like, Lord, what do you want me to do? Okay, yeah. let's <laughs> I find that I don't focus a lot on, like, external um, things. Yeah, so. no, that's that's great <laughs> advice in itself. I don't know if that's a, a good answer or not, but it's the truth. No, it's a great answer. So tell me, outside of photography, um, what inspires you or where do you go when you need inspiration? Mm, I mean, just within my own family, um, I feel like I glean so much inspiration just from them, from watching the light, you know, in our little farmhouse and how it is hitting, you know, certain things throughout the day. Um, I love watching the light. Love it. I feel like I'm watching the light all day, every day. Um, I love being outside. I love just soaking in all of the goodness of nature I feel like is such a gift and so beautiful um I love you know we do a composer study with homeschool and we do poetry and we do reading all of those kind of different mediums for art I think are always inspiring to see anytime anyone is you know genuinely creating something out of a gift that they've been given is really inspiring to me looking at different artists and composers and, and things like that and being in nature and seeing all of the art that has been created there and the light and um yeah just just feeling very romantic about my life I feel like is is um you know a great inspiration and also focusing on you know get walking through maybe the difficult things and letting those out in if they need to come out in words I write um if they need to come out in tears I cry if they you know however they need to be processed um and cleared out so that I can make space for the things that do need to hold space in my mind and in my heart then um then I want to make sure that I can do that as well and and truly those hard things end up being an inspiration as well and in the way that um, it kind of allows us to to see others in a way of like we're all going through something, you know. We're all we all have our struggles. We all have our things that keep us up at night. So being more gentle and more kind and more loving is is always a good idea. So my last question, and this is a question I'd like to ask um, most people, I think, at the end of the podcast, but. How do you define success, Alex? Mm. You know, at the end of the day, um, I I know that this life is short. Um, this life is a gift. And at the end of the day, I will meet my maker. And I will look at him in the face and I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that is honestly, something that I come back to in everything that I do. And so I want, you know, my success is how am I, you know, 
honoring these blessings in this life that that I've been given. And, and I do that in the way that caring for my children, caring for my husband, caring for our home, caring for our animals, caring for the earth, being a good steward of all of those things that we have been given. You know, those are the things if I'm if I'm doing all of those things and I'm also, you know, able to encourage other mothers and cradle their hearts if 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 they need that and you know things like that, I think is those are the things that I view as success. I love it. So good. You're such an inspiration, Alice. <laughs> Thank you. You are, you are. Well tell everybody how they can connect with you, tell them about your courses, your workshops, yeah. tell them all the things. Yeah. So I have an online course, The Sacred Maybe. You can find that. You can just go to my website, lovedaphnemay.com, and it'll be there and a few other little goodies on the shop page. And then I do offer an in-person workshop each year. It's called The Magic Me Mundane. That one's going to be in May. I have had some interest in a fall one, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do that yet or not. Um, And then once a year, I do the six-month mentor program called The Mother's Way. And that is a, it's six months of virtual talks and calls and, you know, check-ins and things like that. And then we meet in person at the end of the experience, which we just did this last weekend at a lake house here um, in South Carolina. And it was wonderful. So I'll open that again in August. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Alex, for joining me on the podcast. I admire your approach to life and how you prioritize the things that are truly most important while also maintaining a successful business. This episode was such a blessing to me, and I hope that it was to you, the listener. What a breath of fresh air Alex is. I love how she looks at work-life balance as a scale that will never be perfectly balanced, but we will hold the power to decide which way the scale is tipped towards work or life. We would love for you to be a part of our TMA membership when we reopen in a few months. So if you haven't already, please head over to themotherhoodanthology.com and sign up for our email list so that you don't miss out. In the membership, you'll have access to amazing educators, a library of resources and templates, many years of educational materials, mentoring, and much more. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Motherhood Anthology and join our open and welcoming TMA community on Facebook. Heather Shook said it so well, you'll never truly feel satisfied by work until you are satisfied by life. So from Ireland to yours, until next time, friends.